nonprofit is free, doesn't have any ads, and you can also play the game without any Wi-Fi or cell service. It's called Royal Bench. So when you download Royal Magic, this is what the game looks like. On the bottom, that is
Spirit, 
birthing is here. A birthing is here in this church. I'm about to burst you out on all sides. We'll see. Your womb is about to burst at the seams with the new. The old has passed away now. I will perform miracles, signs and wonders before you, but I'm after your heart. I'm after your heart. I'm purifying you in this hour. I'm cleansing your hands. So do not touch the things of this world. I'm purifying your mind. I need you to listen to me today, to what I am saying to you. Hear the instructions from the land of this house, my son. For he will take you to the next level. You have asked for it. And it's here. And it's time. Many of you are turning things around for you in your situations and your circumstances. But you must want me more than those things. So listen. Listen closely as I give you instructions in the days ahead. It will keep you from the things of this world. When things of this chaos of this world begin to break out all over the place, it will keep you here the instructions from my son.
and you don't want to miss him because he got his powerful message on the third Sunday or Sunday after next. Uh, I have been talking with you last week about living a fasted life. Living a fasted life. That means not just waiting to the beginning of the year in January, but that you keep some kind of close connection to the Lord throughout the year. And what I am proposing is giving you options of how you can fast. It will be online, hopefully. Michael, Mike, did they tell you about it? Yes, sir. Are we all right tomorrow? It'll be on this day. It'll be on every day. You can go on our church's website and you can look up where it talks about fasting. I give you the options of what you can do. Rather than wait until January, maybe you can do one day out of the month and the rest of the year. Maybe, you know, one day every week in a month. Or you may take a month and do three days right together. Be led by the Spirit of God as to what you do. Anybody that wants to keep the 21-day fast when we come in January, that's up to you, no problem. But I know everybody is not on that same level. And I hear about people feeling so condemned that they miss doing anything, made it work too long on the computer, or ate something, or what have you. And I don't want that to happen. Some of you got to grow into it. And I know we got a lot of days in Christ. But the main thing I want you to get is begin to work on living a fasting life. Whatever God tells you, I can't tell you what to do. I, I want us to get out of the law. Everybody by the law got to do the same thing. It's for you to be led by the Spirit of God in terms of what you need spiritually. But for those of you that want to keep the 21 days, you can do that. So January the 6th to the 26th will be the fast for 2025. Here's what I'm going to recommend is that we all fast together at least one week during that time. We all come together. Because a lot of you may have fasted throughout the year. But then um, some of you want to keep the whole 21-day fast. You can do that. I'm trying to give you more options where I don't put you in a law that everybody got to do the same thing. You be led by the Spirit of God. That's what God wants is for you to be led by the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen. Now, if you want to do some serious attacks of the enemy, then you may want to go a little bit longer than, you know, one day a month or two days or when we get to January instead of a week, you may want to do the whole 21. Anyway, you will have options, but I have explained it all in the fasting document that we posted on today, so check that out. Oh, I forgot my book. You got my book with you. I'm going Okay, uh, put it up on the screen. Uh, this is the book called The Great Wealth Transfer, God's Great Wealth Transfer. And, uh, if you heard it in the series last year on Wednesday night, that's that uh, with a whole lot more that I didn't get to. They will have it for sale in the lobby on today if you want. Today we begin our team ministries. Listen to me very good. I'm so proud of this. Yeah, y'all clap on that if you want. One of the main elements of an apostolic center will carry out the apostolic vision is people functioning in teams together. No longer any one person in any group. 
we're talking about people coming together and bringing their different gifts together, and they operate as a team. I announced to you on last Sunday that every Sunday after we get through with the invitation, various teams will come up to minister to you. Today and every first Sunday, the healing team will come up. Once the invitation is done, they'll come and stand here at the altar. They're going to minister the land on their hands and anoint you with all that you're dealing with any kind of sicknesses. That way we can keep this going every month because different people are coming in. Some of you feel good now. Next month may not be the same. So at least we got that offer and the invitation. On the second Sunday, the prophetic team, those of you that want to get a word from the Lord. Third Sunday, spiritual freedom. If you need any kind of deliverance, you feel an oppression on the inside of you that you want to be free from, that'll happen on the third Sunday. Fourth Sunday is our supernatural Sunday. We start off uh, at uh, 10.30 to at least 11, 11.10 in the morning. And then that evening, that team uh, will come and minister, particularly, especially the Holy Spirit. Or if you need prayer because you need a miracle in your life, they will pray for you on the fourth Sunday. Fifth Sunday, our evangelism team is going to pray for you because I'm sure everybody in here got family members that are away from God, out of church, don't want God, unsaved and lost. And we want to give you an opportunity to come and, and bring them to the altar and have somebody praying over them. So the evangelism team will do that. Again, healing today, prophetic next week. Third Sunday is spiritual freedom or deliverance. Fourth Sunday, supernatural Holy Spirit or believing God for miracles. And then the fifth Sunday is our evangelism uh, team. Today, also... At the conclusion of service today, however, after today, they will be uh, stationed in the morning as well as after service, and that's the new pastoral team. Um, the purpose of this team and ministry is because I know sometimes people want to get to their pastor, and it's very difficult for me Especially when I get to preaching, I'm wet. First thing I do when I go back, I change my clothes because I don't need no hoarseness and no vocal problems. I get that wet stuff off of me. So I can't get to you like I would like to. I have three main executive elders, elders Mike, Davis, and Brantley. They are in different places in the church doing different things so they can't get to everybody. But I realize your need to have touch with somebody in the ministry. You need connection. Some of you need prayer. Some of you need questions answered. Some of you need to know which way to go. I got my kids. Uh, how do I know which way to go? We've organized our pastoral team, which is also one of the team members of our church. Some of the people that have been selected have been part of this house for a long time have been faithfully serving this house for a long, long time, and I wanted them to be able to use that ability, that gift to care for people. So they will have badges on, and at the end of church, you need to come to any of them to get direction, guidance, uh, maybe you want to know how to attend the class, or anything that goes on in the church, they will be equipped to be able to help you if you need to be Pray for something they are ready to pray for you. So this is our pastoral team. They will be out in lobbies on Sunday mornings, and then they'll be around here anywhere where you can have touch with them. In that way, 
you can have touch. And anything they can't handle, they will pass it on to the staff, my leadership staff. And if it has to come to me, then I will deal with any questions or anything. And I want you to see this team today, and I want them to come up. Brother Everett Boyle, Bobby Ford, Shari Green, David Huff, Angela Majors, Mario Martin, Cynthia Steele, Jennifer Smiley. Angelo and Victoria Taylor, Johnny Trotter, Michael and Marilyn Taylor, and Leona Wooten, y'all come on up, just go right on down here on the floor, and there's all the leaders, y'all can thank y'all, thank you so much, yeah, right down that many big steps, thank you. These are the people that will be out in the lobbies or out here that will be ready to have touch with you. They've been faithful in this house for a long time. Amen. Come on, get up. Get up. Get up. God, 
the kind of church biblically that he desires. We've done church the best we know how, traditionally, and I'm not walking that because all of us have been affected by tradition. But when you look at what we've been doing, particularly not just us, but the church community or the church world all together, it lacks a lot of things that God uh, puts in his scripture that he wants to see his church do. That's my intention, and you got to understand that. So if you are a elder, a minister, if you are a leader in any ministry department in this church, you're a system leader, or if you are a team member, if you are a volunteer, all we see staff, destiny team leaders and members who serve, all apostolic team leaders and members, all team members and all the different things that will be functioning after service each week. If you're a teacher, if you're in a group, or if you are a group leader, if you're on the praise team, if you're in the choir, if you're a youth leader and team leader, children's ministry leaders and assistants, uh, trustees, all finance team members, anything anybody is doing in this church will need to be a leadership. It is mandatory. You cannot make it on Wednesday night. We will assume work is the problem. We will offer makeup on Thursday where you can come and watch the film. But I want everybody here because there will be group activities we will do and then there will be handouts that I will be able to give to people each week. So that's everybody in this church serving in any capacity or leading in any capacity. I want you here beginning the first Wednesday night. Now you tell me, I don't care what you do, I can't do it, I can't come Wednesday, I can't come Thursday. Then you may need to let that position go so that somebody who can be faithful and be here to get trained uh, can be here. It's only fair. But we will start 6.30. So you get out here at least by 8 o'clock every Wednesday night beginning uh, in March until I finish the training, which may take three or four months, I'm assuming. Um, but uh, we'll have a role where you'll sign coming in that lets me know who's here and who qualifies. If you're part of a fellowship in the church, men, women, singles, or whatever, um, we are looking for you uh, to be here for that time. And now I know all at that time must be finished on the same page. Everybody see what I see and what God has given me, and I can make you see the same thing. So we can all talk the same way, get the same message out. All of us are speaking the same thing when people ask us. That will begin the first Sunday night in, I'm sorry, first Wednesday night in March. Put your hands together if you receive that.
your special offering. Take this time for just a minute to seek the Lord and see what he has in
executive elders who hold down the fort for me so that I can focus on developing um, the Apostolic Center. Sometimes when people call, they want to get just to me. Um, but that's one way I can move us in vision to the next place and do all of everything that needs to take place. I want to thank Elders Ronnie Davis and Ramona Bradley for their assistance. Don't even want, don't think that I'm supposed to be 
people to come to that moment. Now, that's something that should not bring up at the church. Some, some Christians are even afraid to ask God for money. You know, they even have, they're afraid that because they've been told erroneously that if you got money, that means you got a lot of pride. If you got wealth, if you're rich, you're prideful. Now, just all kind of crazy stuff that we have believed, that we have gotten from different traditions, different churches, maybe different pastors, gross misconceptions about finances. Your doctrine is off. And that gives the devil a field day in your life to take advantage of you because you are ignorant of how God feels about money. And you have been money. Well, that's what this series is getting ready to do. It is to change your mindset. What I thought the Bible says, money is the root of evil. No, I'm about to say that. It's not simple. That's how we take stuff out of context. It says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. If you love money more than you do God, that's the root of evil in your life. Have I got a witness of it here? Well, I heard someone, Pastor, they say that the rich man don't get a chance to go to heaven. No, the Bible didn't say that. It said that the rich shall not enter into heaven. It would be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man. Why? Because he trusts in his wealth. If you trust in money, then riches don't be a problem for you. I'm straightening out some stuff in here. Amen, somebody. There are people that feel like money is worldly because it is materialistic. No, it's based on how you use it. And it base, it's based on your heart. How you feel about it. Does, it. does money have you? Does it own your heart? A lot of our early beliefs came from out of the Catholic Church because their nuns and their priests took what was called a vow of poverty. Meaning we don't want none of this world's good because they thought that, that not having money meant they were holy or they were pious. And those teachers transferred and went down through the generations in many churches. Tradition, the Bible says, will make the word of God of none effect because we listen to the tradition and we don't believe the word of God. Oh, I'm going to bless y'all up here. Y'all stay with me these coming weeks. I'm getting ready to bless your life. Now, let me say this before I get started. I am not a prosperity preacher. I am not a prosperity. What I mean, there are people that believe that the gospel should be called prosperity gospel. I'm against that because I don't think the gospel should be called just a prosperity gospel. That is not true. I don't go along with that. And that's the problem. Is some people, their whole teaching on God is about money, 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 money. Okay, so I'm not saying that. But prosperity is in the gospel. I want to make that clear. The gospel ain't all about money and being prosperous, but it does contain teaching on believers being prosperous. It's one aspect or element of the principles of the word of God. But the whole gospel ain't about getting money. So I want to give balance to that before I get started. Until you see money the way God sees it, I promise you, you will not have the faith to be able to believe God. God, I want to repeat, cares about every need of your life. 
Include your finances. And if you're in extreme financial situations and pressures, you're in all kind of debt, God won't bring you out. Have I got a witness? Amen. God wants to bring you out. He wants you to come out of that. But Pastor, I hear you talking about, I've heard you talk before about uh, that we, God wants us blessed and that we can prosper in life. But I, it, just, it continues to evade me or elude me. I just never come into that place with God. I, I've seen where you've given promises and stuff like that before, but how come I don't see it? Why is it missing? Because one area already is your thinking can be wrong. I'm working to change that thinking. In this series, in the coming weeks, here's some of the things that I will be talking about. I'm going to show you hindrances and reasons why most people struggle in their finances. I got about 20 to 25 different hindrances that I'm going to give you as a checklist for you to go back and say, yeah, that's me. No, that ain't me. Yeah, I'm doing that. So you can know what to do in order to stop you from losing or not receiving the finances that God wants you to have. I'm going to talk about does God uh, want his people in poverty and in lack? Is God behind people poor, in lack? or in debt? Does God help his people get out of debt? Uh, does our covenant involve being redeemed from poverty? Was Jesus poor? Because people talk about Jesus rode in on the mule and all that stuff, and that made him poor. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about breaking generational financial curses. We're going to talk about how to stop witchcraft curses, because a lot of y'all don't realize it's folk in your life, maybe even in your family, in relation, you're in relationship with, and they don't like you, they're jealous of you, and they don't want to see you blessed, and they know how to use witchcraft power against you. I'm going to show you how to recognize it, and I'm going to show you how to break that bad boy. Amen, somebody. I'm going to talk about the miracle of debt cancellation. That God wants your debts to be canceled. I'm going to talk about that Jesus died for your finances. How to pray rightly for your finances in a biblical or godly way. I'm going to talk about God's laws of prosperity. Steps to believing God for your finances for it to prosper. And then how to use your authority in Christ over your finances. These are some of the topics that I will be dealing with in the coming week. Here is the problem that most people don't see when it comes to when it comes to problems financially. Now, first of all, I, I want to be balanced in whatever I do because many of us don't handle our finances right, or they are not organized in a right way, or we overspend. Some of us want to keep up with the Joneses, and we want to impress folk, and we're trying to look good and buy a whole lot of stuff, and you ain't got a pot to cook in. Let me say cook. You ain't got a pot to cook in, but you're trying to look 
like you're in a party, so you buy a lot of stuff, put it on credit. That means it's a heart issue, and you may have to change those things in order for things to turn around. You may have to budget your money in order for things. So there are natural reasons why many people are dealing with financial problems. But then on the other hand, there are spiritual problems also. Debt is a spirit. There's a point that you don't do what you need to do in, nat in natural means. You don't make natural corrections. You stay in debt a long time, and that spirit of debt will begin to show up, and it will begin to hurt and hinder you. Listen to me good. Satan is the God, little g, of this world. I'm going to say that again. Satan is the God, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. He is the God, little g, of this world. And he comes to blind the minds from people seeing the gospel. The devil doesn't want you to see the truth. So Satan comes in. He influences your hopes, your views. Uh, and, and, and the majority of people are under his influence. Some people don't realize it. But he will come, and especially to the unsaved crowd, he already got them. They are no problem. But he wants the children of God. Because you, as a child of God, is the only threat to the kingdom of darkness. Because of God being in you, we are the only threat to the kingdom of darkness. So he has to come at us Whatever way he can. Listen to me. If the devil can't stop you from being saved, he's going to do whatever he can to make your life miserable so you won't be a benefit to the kingdom of God. And what better way to hit you than with your money? Because when you ain't got no money, you depressed. You ain't no good for the kingdom of God. You can't think on spiritual things when you can't pay your bills. Have I got a witness in here? So Satan comes to make life hard for you because you're a Christian. He don't want you to get up and be a threat to his kingdom. He don't want you to learn who you are. He don't want you to know how to use your weapons that God has given you because he knows the moment you realize who you are and knows what's available to you against his kingdom, he can't control you anymore. And that's what I'm getting ready to teach on. The Bible says in John 12, 31, that the devil is called the ruler of this world. Now hear me. The earth belongs to the Lord, but what happened, Satan tempted the, the, the couple in the garden, Adam and Eve, and made them disobey God, and that put Satan in charge of the world system. Man's systems are under his control. That's why Christians have so much problem with the systems, with the legal world, with the medical uh, uh, institutions, with, with banking institutions. You need loans and can't get them and all that. The devil controls the systems and he blocks men and women of God because he got ownership of it from Adam. When Adam messed up and disobeyed, now all of Adam's posterity, all of his children, on down to future generations, take on that, that nature, that, that evil nature on the inside until we get saved, get born again. And so the devil now comes, watch. He comes in, 
And if he can find a way, watch this, to get you to agree with him, he will have access to your life. If it's any kind of way you are in agreement with the devil, it gives the devil a legal right to come into your life, and his agenda is threefold. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's because somebody has opened the door legally and allowed him in, and now he's in your life, stealing your finances, trying to steal your relationships, trying to steal your job, whatever that is available. He won't want to steal it. Hear me now. There are spiritual problems that people have. They have opened the door. One of the main things you're going to have to check at the end of next week, I'm going to give you 20 to maybe 25 things for you to look at that are spiritual hindrances that will allow the devil to come in and to steal from you. God relegated Satan to the realm of darkness. That's his realm. He's not in the kingdom of light. He's in the kingdom of darkness. So what Satan needs is to get the people of God into darkness so he can have access to you. So if you got any darkness going on in your life, Satan got a right to be there. And until you get rid of your darkness, once you get rid of that's why I thank God for repentance, because repentance is the thing that gets you back in alignment with God. But it also means not just saying I'm sorry, it means turning from your darkness. So look at your darkness. I'm talking about the folk that tip down the tulip every week. Amen, somebody. I'm talking about you put your in I'm talking about whole loving folk. Drug taking folk, whatever your area is. Those are dark areas that give the kingdom of darkness a right into your life and a right to steal your stuff. Oh, I wish I had some more help up in here. Satan will take whatever you give him. Many of you are dealing with generational issues. Oh my God, there's food. And those things have passed down. They're affecting you. You don't even know. You don't know what your great granddaddy did, but the system is set up to where iniquity passes down into your bloodline. You just as innocent. You've been born in the earth. You try to do life the best way you can. But maybe your parents, grandparents, great grandparents, or even further back did something. That opened the door oh in your bloodline that keeps finances funny in your life. You're trying to get ahead in life. You like to oh take two steps forward. One step forward, you end up taking two steps back. And you wonder what's going on. Where is this coming from? How come I can't get ahead? How come my money stay funny, honey? Because there are some things sometimes that spiritually need to be broken over your life for you to come out. It's called a generational curse. And so I'm going to show you in this series even how to break that. But the devil will take whatever you give him. Any kind of sin that you never repented for, unrepentant sin is one of his main ones. It can be if you're practicing sin right now. Any area of your deeds, your empty heart, the words you speak from your mouth. Because things are coming back to you based on things you done said maybe even years ago. 
The devil will take any kind of form of darkness that you give him, and he will use that. If you're in idolatry, if you're in witchcraft, if you're in, you know, this folk out here doing burning sage and stuff, and being told it's getting rid of spirit, and here you go, you get something, you light it up, and you go around spreading it out, and you think you're getting rid of spirits when you really ain't inviting spirits. It's profitable. Yeah. It profits you. It benefits. 
limits you. It, it protects you. It keeps the devil off of you. It is profitable. But some of you want to come to church on Sunday, but you want a club on Saturday night. Look that twerking in church. I ain't giving you no prayer. Then after you get twerking, you're headed to the hotel with somebody you don't even know. And then you end up passing body fluids. See, you don't know what's in that book. So if Paul can be hindered, we can be hindered. 
So he wants to hinder your finances from getting to you. It's some stuff been trying to get to us, but the devil been hindering and blocking it from coming through. Have I got a witness in here today? There is a real devil working in your life. And you got to learn how to stop him. Because God has given you authority to stop him, but you got to exercise and you got to use it. The good news is, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, that we've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. We are part of the kingdom of God. We're no longer a part of the devil's kingdom, which means he does not have authority over us unless we allow it or unless we are ignorant of it and don't use our authority. It's the only way he can keep control over you. He comes to your mind to give you suggestions. And if you act on those suggestions, that's how he's able to control and influence your life. But you are not positionally and legally under the devil's control. God took you out of the kingdom of darkness and placed you now in the kingdom of his dear son. Now I got a right to believe God for anything in the kingdom. And finances is in the kingdom. Reach over to us, Because the devil no longer controls us. I think we're going a little too fast. So I can stop this control over your life and remove those hindrances to bring about a breakthrough. There's going to be a real cancel death. Everyone okay? I'm here in the name of Jesus that gets a cancel in this house in Jesus' name. You see that right now. God, for the sins 
what? Uh, your service today? Yeah. No. I think you're going to drop you off. And I'm spending the night. You want to go the truck? Good. Huh? You want to go the truck? That would be the truck. No, stay here, Solomon. Well, I'm going with Daddy. No, you don't listen. Let him go with Daddy. Come on. Give me the. Give me the. Give me the. Give me the. Put your hat on your head. Oh, Bobby. I ain't going. Mm-mm. Oh. You can say yes. Really? Twelve thirty. Somewhere on my phone. Mm. You say cute pitch. Glad the shirt fits. Hello, L. I'm like, tell him I need a snack. Oh, he probably come there while. He probably do. Yeah, he will. This way. Oh, he thought it's in the train. He thought it's in the train. Quick, Yeah, they are. I'm going to dance out like the moon someday. Slow. I didn't know it was going to rain today. It's going to rain tomorrow, too. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. Now we're going to do it. It's your grandpa. You can see your shadow. So I'm supposed to be early spring. That's good. I want Elvis to play. I think I'm gonna go back to my regular schedule. Regular schedule. It's my band. Yeah. What regular schedule? It's my band. Come on. I like the door. It's open, baby. It's open. Thank you, Solomon. You hear me, Mama? I said, your grandson trying to get over there. He tried to catch up with his granddad, but I, I told him granddad wasn't at home. Grandma Dollar's at home. What? Oh, he want to come over to your house. Now, I'm going to drop him off. <laughs> I'm going to come back at him later. All right, well, we on the way to you then. All right, bye.
I dropped you off, son. I ain't coming back at you till later on. That don't bother him at all. Man. He just want to get the granddad. Exactly. Now, get your phone. My phone almost dead. Uh, well, who got my tablet? Turn my tablet off. Turn it all the way off. But I need my, my battery off. No, my phone battery. You said turn. You just told me turn, turn the tablet off. Oh, you about to have a fit, ain't it? I get that. I'm trying to have a whole thing over so you can put it in there.
Good morning, my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Praise you all, the Lord with me on this Tuesday morning, February the 6th, 2024. For this is the day the Lord God has made. And we shall be glad to be in brothers and sisters, every phrase. God is worthy of every praise. We need to praise him in the morning, praise him in the noonday, praise him in the evening, and praise him all night long. If you are on the earth today, you should recognize the value in singing praises unto the Lord Jesus Christ, to who will surrender our praises to our Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, Jehovah. Father, we just thank you. We come before your presence with thanksgiving. We enter to your courts with praise. We praise you, Lord God, for all that you've done, exceedingly, abundantly more than we can ask or think. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the A. Herbert Senior Morning Praise Service. Enough of that talking. We're going to continue with our, our praise bird with music with Hezekiah Walker. Amen. Amen. If you don't know if God favored you, that's because you haven't praised him. Praise sets the tone for the day, sets the tone for your provision of coverage. And everything that you have need of can be attained. Not through your prayer, but through your praise. Again, praise is when you thank him. Prayer is when you ask him for something. Thank him first, and let him be God all by himself. Amen. Love is felt most. Love is Yeah. 
Amen. We're going to continue with uh, Hezekiah Walker. Faithful is our God. Amen. Yes, everybody, come on.
today? Are you sold out? Can you say I'm sold out? Can you say that? Are you grateful? Can you praise him? Can you praise him? Are you grateful? God, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. After this song, brothers and sisters, we're going to go into our scripture reading on today. We're coming from the book of Psalms 37, starting at verse 16. Psalms 37, verse 16 is coming up. Amen. So Bible's open. Be prepared to read and meditate and be fed the word of God on this Tuesday morning. Amen.
Hallelujah. Praise God. Be grateful in all things. Be thankful in all things. Would you please stand for the reading of God's word on this morning? Again, my brothers and sisters, I'm not a preacher or a teacher. You know, I'm just a man and one that loves God. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I love the word. I love praising. Praise sets the tone for our life. For those of us that know, we have the power of life and the death in the tongue. And there's nothing more powerful in the earth than the word of God. Amen. Amen. This morning, our scripture reading again is coming from the book of Psalms 37. I believe that's where I left off last time I opened the Bible and read it. Psalm 37. This morning, we'll go to Psalms 37, uh, 3 and 16. Amen. I'm sorry, Psalms 37 and 16, not 33. That's Psalms 37, verse 16. And Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that you anoint their ears that they may hear your word, Father, the holy word of God, who is Jesus Christ, who became the blood sacrifice for the remission of our sins, that we may have the right hand of fellowship with you in heaven again. Amen. I'm excited. I see I have a guest this morning. Thank you, guest, for joining me. I know I have been in a lot of inconsistency, but you know what? It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. Amen? It's all about the Lord. Down to verse 16 in the read that a little that a righteous man has, a little that a righteous man has is better than the richest of many wicked. See, brothers and sisters, we all have Riches, riches in our life. The greatest asset you have is time. See, the wealthiest man on the world, on the planet today, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, they don't have no more wealth than you do. Because we all got the greatest wealth at all. If we're still up on the earth, the one thing that all we have is time. And time is a commodity is a currency. You can spend time wisely. You can spend it foolishly. But I choose to spend time with our Heavenly Father first thing in the morning. Amen? Amen. I'm going to go ahead and continue reading because, you know, I just get caught up in just sharing what I've learned because I want everybody else to be excited about the Word. I'm so excited about the Lord God. Excited about Jesus Christ as I am. Verse 17 says, For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Verse 18, The Lord knows the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. What God is saying, even in the days of famine, when things are like they're getting poverty, there's going to be a famine on the earth. God said, The Lord, the, the way of the righteous shall be satisfied. That means that you're going to be filled. Amen? If he's going to send bread from heaven, from heaven to feed you, that's what he's going to do. Okay? In verse 20 it says, But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the metals, shall vanish. Until smoke they shall vanish away. Verse 21, The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. But those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. 
Verse 23, this is what I like. This is what I like to share with my brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. If this has to be you, if you the righteous, it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen? Brothers and sisters, if you have a, a, a brother or a sister walking in righteousness and prosperity seems to follow him, and he's getting God the favor everywhere he's going, that's because his steps are ordered by the Lord. Amen? Amen. And, and, he, and, and it brings forth, and he delights in his ways. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Woo. Wow. You want the hand of God in your life? And you know what that means also? You know, people, oh, you know, you ask people to say, how you doing? They say, I want to do no good, I won't complain. Yes, it will. It, it will do a lot of good for you to complain, because I'm going to tell you why. God hears your complaints. Amen. You want to get God's attention? Start complaining about some things. Oh, yes. I know we didn't get that into consideration as accountability, but when you want to, you want to get God's attention, start complaining about some things. Job, money, family, household, you ain't happy with things where it's going to start complaining. <laughs> I'm mindful of the reason I said that because I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. And we was talking about people and we had to come to terms with whereas how they are different than those of us of a one generation from the next generation. And let me tell you something, brother. So this is this honestly happened. I was complaining. Okay? <laughs> I'm laughing because this is really happening. I was complaining. And do you know that was one of the most trivial filled days of my life for the last six months years? So my earth says, at the end of that day, I called my friend back and said, listen, we're going to have to come up with another life, another term. I said, because this day has been very, very uncomfortable. And it's been it's forgiving, but it's been very uncomfortable. But anyway, we're going to continue our bed because it was, it was really a trip. I promise you, but Verse 25 says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Listen to that. That's what the righteous, the righteous people of the earth are going. His deceived would not even beg bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice and does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off. Woo! That's something to think about. The righteous, verse 29, the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. Verse 30 says, the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongues talks of justice. The verse 31, this is what we're going to close in the end on our scripture reading for the day. Verse 31 reads, And the law of his God is in his heart, and none of his steps shall slide. I have read to you Psalms 37, verses 16 through 31. May God add a blessing to the hearers, readers, believers, and doers of his word. And we're going to close out this morning again with Hezekiah Walker, I want all you all to know this is one thing I will need you to do. I need you to survive. I need you to believe God. 
believe the word of God, accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in your life, be born again, repent of your sin, turn back to the heavens, which cometh all our hell. And let's all survive together and build God's kingdom on earth. Amen.
Amen. Hey. 